0: Hey there, welcome back to Nearly One-Fourth, the podcast that amplifies the voices and experiences of women in architecture. I'm your host, Haley Duggins, and I'm thrilled to kick off season two with today's episode, a personal journey into the transformative power of self-advocacy in the architectural workplace. Since May of 2023, I embarked on a journey of self-discovery and empowerment through self-advocacy. Today, I want to share my experiences and lessons I've learned along the way, as well as show how self-advocacy can be a powerful tool for anyone navigating the early stages of their career. Before we dive into my story, I wanted to chat about the importance of self-advocacy in the field of architecture. In a profession where women make up nearly one fourth of the licensed professionals, it's crucial to find our voices and stand up for our goals, ideas, and worth. It's super easy to get caught up in the day-to-day work life As well as ignore our personal goals, ambitions, and things we want out of our career out of benefit of our firms, our teams, and the projects that we're working on. And while it may seem super easy to forget about our own self-worth and prioritize the day-to-day work life, we need to remember to listen to our gut and stand up for what we believe in and fight for what we want out of our careers. I've come to realize pretty quickly at the beginning of my career that self-advocacy is not just about asserting oneself into a situation. It's about actively listening to our own internal voices and having the confidence to speak to people about it as well as act upon it. It's a journey of self-discovery for ourselves and a way to make ourselves more empowered. Now, I mentioned at the end of season one that I changed jobs pretty quickly at the beginning of my career. And I wanna take you back to my hiring process as well as to May of 2023 where I started my first job and then to the point where I feel like I needed to change where I was at. It was a super hard position to be in, especially as an early professional. And I'm excited to delve into this story and share it with you and kind of go through why I made the decisions that I did and to highlight some of the action steps I took in that moment. And then I also want to share with you how my transition from one job to the next has gone and highlight ways that that move was super good for me and really show why it's important to listen to yourself. So jumping back to March, I was in my final semester at Clemson getting my master's. And I knew I was going to move back to Cincinnati to start my career. I had copped many times before in Cincinnati, but I was looking for firms that were different than I've worked for in the past. Cause I worked at repeat firms, multiple summers in a row. And I knew that in my gut, the type of architecture practice I want to do one day is community based design. I definitely know that community based design is super hard to find anywhere because of cost and because of the legitimacy and the ability to donate time to works that may not bring in money or profit to whatever firm you're working for. So while I knew that that was a leap, it was something that I stated at all of my interviews. It was something I wanted to make known and apparent to the places I was working for that it's a goal of mine to be involved in that type of practice. I also worked in education work previously, so that kind of came into play in the future of this story, but I will hold off sharing that for the moment. In addition to wanting to do community work, I have been working on licensure since I started my first year of college at Bowling Green. I co opt every single summer at firms in my area and logged a large amount of AXP hours and then I also heavily researched and made a plan for licensure post-graduation at Clemson. In every single interview, I made it very clear that becoming an architect is super important to me for many different reasons that I won't get into. And I wanted to be at a place that elevated and promoted licensure. So that being said, I interviewed at probably six to seven firms at a time. And I landed at a firm that made my goals feel attainable. They were starting a newer team that was community-based in a way. It wasn't actually community-based, but they offered some community work within the team. And they made it seem as though there were licensure resources available, easily available. Resources like Black Spectacles and other young professionals looking to get licensed. I worked at this firm from May, Of 2023 when I graduated until October of 2023. And I will say I'm a very patient person and I try my best to be understanding of circumstances and think of it from a business perspective of why things change and why things happen the way that they do. I'm not very polarized in my view in the sense that I think that a firm needs to cater to me and what I want. But I do think that a relationship between any company, regardless of profession, and an employee should be reciprocal because you're offering your time and resources and potentially expertise to this company to help elevate them, to help them make profit, and to help deliver a good product, project, help a client, et cetera. On the flip side, while not all firms have equal amount of resources, they need to be providing you some type of benefit as well in addition to compensation and benefits. I think it's important for firms to invest in professional development in their employees at whatever level that they're able to do so. So that being said, during my time there, I worked there for about five months, like I said, and for the first few months, I was fine with the work type. It wasn't my favorite ever, but I had a long-term goal in my head. It wasn't necessarily about the work type at the time, I really would have preferred to do community work. It just didn't work out that way because it was something that the firm didn't see as an option at the moment, which is okay. But the one thing that was most important to me was licensure, and accomplishing that early in my career. The firm that I worked for offered resources like Black Spectacles, but they made it decently challenging to access those resources. And then it was a corporate-based firm, so there was multiple sectors and markets at this location, and they made it seem as though during my time there, I could maybe flex my time between different groups to accomplish some of my hours. As I was there for a while, it became decently apparent that it wasn't as easy to do so. I advocated for myself with HR. I advocated for myself within my own personal team setting, and while they listened to my ideas and listened to my goals and made it seem as though they were there to support me. It definitely was more of a face value promise rather than actually having some backing to what they were offering me. So I sat with some of that information for a while. I kept going on my day to day and just worked on projects, worked on projects all summer, Um, worked many, many weeks of overtime due to weird communication and weird work-life balance things. And I was starting to get so stressed and so overwhelmed and became unhappy. And as someone who has always enjoyed working, which I know is super weird, I dreaded going into the office every day. Every time I shared ideas and different ways we could do things, they felt ignored or falsely listened to and considered, but really just was more of, again, a face value, interest in what I had to offer, and then ignored it on the back end. And then my reach into licensure just felt farther and farther away. It felt impossible to get to the point where I was licensed. I keep my own personal Excel sheet in addition to the NCARB hours, and it tells me how many weeks I have left per category of hours that I need to complete, which I know is crazy, but I log it to a T, I log it way, way down to specific. And every single week, the number just wasn't changing. It stayed the same. It stayed the same. So I had a conversation with a person that was in leadership on my team, and I explained some of my concerns. And they pretty much just told me, we will get work eventually that will, that will fulfill your hours. I talked about maybe site visits with other teams and other alternatives I could get hours. And all they could say was, we may get that work someday. So the idea of licensure felt pretty far away. And while I understand that different firms and teams within firms will have different types of work at different times, the trajectory of that team just didn't feel like it was going to get to that point. So at this point, I started to get this weird gut feeling inside where I wasn't happy at my job and my goals no longer felt attainable. At this point, it was around September of 2023 and that was the month I was getting married. So I said, you know what, I'm going to put my feelings on pause and I'm going to revisit this when I'm finished getting married so I can enjoy my wedding and my honeymoon and come back and figure it out from there. While I was on my honeymoon having what was supposed to be a super relaxing time, I just couldn't help but think that at the end of that week, I was going to come back to a job that I extremely disliked, that made me feel sick to my stomach, that gave me no fulfillment. It made me feel so uninspired and made it hard for me to accomplish things like nearly one-fourth and be advocates for the profession when I felt squashed. I felt completely torn down and unavailable to Promote for people in this profession when how am I supposed to promote for people and advocate for people and feel inspired and promote inspiration when I myself am feeling dwindled down to nothing, feeling unimportant and unvalued. So after all of this, I reached a point in my heart where I felt maybe I should leave my job. So after my heart hit a certain point, my brain was severely behind my heart on this feeling i was so nervous that i was at the beginning of my career i was going to look unreliable i was going to look unloyal i was going to look any which way you can think of when someone leaves their job quickly or job hops or whatever stigmas may be around that architecture is a super small community all across the nation in general and then in the ohio or cincinnati sector specifically it's even smaller so i wanted to be so beyond respectful of where I was at and I was super grateful for that opportunity. It just no longer was for me. It was no longer a fit. There was no there was no long-term trajectory there if that made sense for me. So after working through all of my emotions of being nervous about being unreliable and the worst employee ever, I decided to job search again. This was a super scary moment for me in my life. It was not easy whatsoever. It was really hard for me to listen to myself and understand what I needed and wanted. And this isn't to say that you need to up and quit your job. This isn't to say that if something makes you upset, you just need to up and leave. Um, I think I really am just trying to share that over time, if something isn't feeling right for you and it's consistently feeling wrong, it's consistently not feeling right in whatever setting, in your work life, in your personal life, in friendships and relationships, you need to sit down and listen to yourself and try to understand what your heart or brain is telling you. Listen to yourself, break it down. I am a very like pragmatic person. So for me, it was listing things like pros and cons. If you watch The Office and understand Dwight's jokes about Jim being that way, he writes pros and cons lists and I do that too. So writing lists, trying to work through your options, trying to think about the implications of making these choices and self-advocating for yourself is really important. It is so important. It's not easy. It's very scary, but it is the largest opportunity for growth when you are able to understand a situation that you're in, good or bad, listen to what you're telling yourself, think through those moments, and make a decision that's ultimately best for yourself. And let me be clear. I have never been a self-advocate. I have never sat down and been like, I'm going to do this for myself. I am true to the core, people pleaser, never says no to anyone. And I think that anyone is capable of listening to themselves and speaking on behalf of themselves. So in contrast to this whole story, I'm not going to really go into how I got to my new position, but I am going to explain some of the contrasts that I noticed instantly and why this was a great decision for myself and hopefully amplify that self-advocacy is important. And if you listen to yourself, odds are there's something better for you on the other side and it may take some time, but the immediate contrast that you're going to see is amazing. So immediately at my new position, I was scheduled with weekly touch bases with my human resources person. I don't know if that's their title. Um, It's not their title. They do way more than that. They do operations and all sorts of stuff. But the HR side of this person, I get a weekly conversation with. And in this weekly conversation, I get to outline my goals, talk about my ideas, and we sit down and think of strategies and ways to accomplish those things. I made it very clear, again, that licensure is number one important. That is 20... 24 goal for Haley. I will be hopefully a licensed architect by the end of the year. So with that I was able to propose study resources on behalf of the firm and materials and they listened to me and they heard my ideas and they helped me access resources, provide them to the rest of the firm and create an ARE study group. So now there's a group of 15 of us in the office of all different ranges of where they're at in their career studying for the AREs and we are also teaming up with the interior design group to review some NCIDQ material since there's some overlap there. Also on a non-idea side they have provided me with work that has been significantly challenging in a good way not in a bad way and has forced me to challenge myself and think through and At my day-to-day life, at the end of the day, I'm super excited to come home and share with my husband how my day has been and about my team and the work I'm doing because it's just something that's exciting and inspiring and I'm very glad that I listened to myself and made a change and found a way to get to the other side of the stuff that was super stressful and scary and gross because on the other side of this stuff that's super scary, stressful and gross usually as a contrast that feels a little lighter and better. So with all of that being said, making a life change for myself, going through the muck, being in a much better place right now, the power of self-advocacy is huge. The amount of confidence and empowerment it gives you over your life is huge. This early career challenge helped me understand the value of self-advocacy and understanding my personal values and goals and how to amplify them respectfully as well as understand the situation that I'm in and make a change. In a space where only one-fourth of licensed professionals are women, we need to understand our goals and values and be able to project them, be able to advocate for work-life balance, advocate for flexible schedules to accommodate childcare, to accommodate licensure, to accommodate whatever your personal life circumstances are. Like I said earlier in the episode, while you are being offered salaries and benefits and the generic stuff that every company across the country will offer you, regardless of profession type, they need to be willing to have a reciprocal relationship with you where you're helping them grow and they are also helping you grow in some capacity. It doesn't need to be some huge, crazy leap and bound goal, but you need to be at a place that supports you as an individual professional. And if you're not at a place like that and you don't have an environment that supports you having a family or supports you getting licensed or supports you again in whatever scenario you're going through, you should question how much that firm values you. And if it's worth your time and energy to invest in a place that has no interest in investing you. that has no interest in investing in you whatsoever. So I encourage you to work on self-advocacy, even in little moments, even if you're at a restaurant and something is wrong and you want to send it back, which I do not do, by the way. So that is an awful example for me to share because it's something I don't do. But find little moments where it's, you can work on a skill like that. That way in the moments where it matters, you can find confidence and understand the value of yourself and push for a life that Is what you want and push for a career that's what you want and push for whatever it may be that's what you want in a solid respectful sound and confident way now after my super long soapbox of self-advocacy thanks for letting me share that story i really want to share with you what to expect from season two of nearly one fourth so in season one i posted episodes weekly and while i would love to do that again Like I said, I'm working on licensure this year, and I think, for myself, a moment of self-advocacy, I will be posting episodes bi-weekly, so you can expect them bi-weekly on Mondays at 1 p.m. still, and they're going to be filled with amazing, and when I say amazing, I mean truly amazing guests this season, talking about their experiences in the profession as women, and what it's been like to get licensed, moments of mentorship, moments of self-advocacy again, and I think we're going to have some really wonderful conversations this season. Also, again, I am working on licensure this year. So something I'm going to do is I'm going to have a mini series. I'm going to try to do Instagram reels. Not very good at it. About NCARB. About the licensure process. And about resources of getting licensed. So expect some episodes thrown in there that may be a little bit quicker. Regarding architecture licensure. Different ways to accomplish it. And different resources that are available for you. So here is my plan of how I'm trying to get licensed in 2024. I am recording this on January 8th, 2024, and this episode is launching on February 12th, so there's gonna be kind of a one month gap, but for the next 16 weeks, I'm going to be using Amberbook, which is a visual-based tutoring software for ARI exams. During the 16 weeks, I'm gonna be studying for all six exams, I will be studying with around 14 peers of mine at the company that I work for, or at the firm that I work for, and we're gonna delve through questions and resources, and the licensed architects in the office are gonna be joining the sessions to answer questions and help us feel more comfortable and understand the exam process a little better. I also have about three months of experience hours left, so I'm gonna be wrapping those up over the next few months, and I'm hoping to take exams this June and July, and I'm hoping to finish my hours by the end of this upcoming summer, but if not, by the end of 2024. So hopefully, this time next year, my title changes, and I can officially call myself a licensed professional and achieve a long-term goal that I've had for myself. So stay tuned for some of that content. I will try my best to share it via Instagram and Instagram Reels, but social media is a 1000% my week suit. But irregardless of that, in-carb content this season, amazing guests, and some more amazing conversations that are filled with topics around self-growth and being an emerging professional. So thank you guys for listening to episode one of season two of Nearly One-Fourth. Please make sure to like, follow, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts as well as Spotify to get most up-to-date content and episodes. Also, if you can, please leave reviews for any of these episodes. Anytime a review is left, it allows other listeners like you to find the podcast and join the Nearly One-Fourth community. But until then, I will see you not next week, but in two weeks for the next episode of Nearly One-Fourth, featuring Caitlin Brady from The Architect at Podcast.